Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, where we bring you today's stories from tomorrow's doctors. Today on our show, we'll be speaking with Drew White, a first-year medical student at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, who has recently returned from a unique global health mission to Ecuador. And to see someone that was literally on his deathbed, but such a testament to love and family, it's just one of the motivating factors on why I'm involved in health and global health and really health on, on any scale in, in terms of allowing it to extend life and let, it, let us embrace life for what it is. We don't know when it's going to be taken away, but while we have it, we, we love it. And to thrive and have an opportunity like that and see these patients in their homes, in their environments was really, um, it's permanently shaped my views. More from our conversation with medical student Drew White right now on Radio Rounds. Welcome to Radio Rounds, everybody. I'm your host, Avash Kalra. Today, we're airing part two of our three-part series exploring the Take a Trip with Timmy contest, an exciting global health opportunity for medical students organized by the organization called Timmy Global Health. Now, in part one of our series, we spoke with Timmy Global Health Executive Director Matt McGregor to discuss the Timmy organization, this great contest, and also what makes that organization unique from other global health opportunities for medical students. Now, in part two today, Radio Round's host and director John Corker speaks with Drew White, who recently returned from his trip with Timmy to Ecuador. Drew is a first-year medical student at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. After graduating from the University of Denver in 2011 with majors in molecular biology and international studies, White has spent a year working to combat health inequities both locally and abroad. Corker began the conversation by asking White to share a story about how the difficult days following his birth shaped his life's mission. So, Drew, in your essay for the Take a Trip with Timmy contest, you stated, If I were born somewhere else, somewhere without quality health care, at just four days old, I would have died. Share with us a bit more about your challenging first week of life and how that experience has impacted your passion for medicine and international public health. Okay, definitely, John. So basically, I was alluding to something I have little personal recollection of, but my mom has told me many a time, both my parents have said that when I was born, I was was healthy, it was great, and um, parents took me home, and within the first, first week of being alive, I came down with a terrible fever, and then that came down to um, really bad breathing, lots of normal signs that freaked my parents out to begin with, and so both of them went straight to the emergency room, and in that short time, found out that I either was going to die, basically, is what the doctors told them, or um, need to receive treatment that they didn't have at the emergency room, so they took me on a helicopter, which I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to experience firsthand to to recollect (laughs) nowadays, but... Went from there to the large hospital in Denver and received spinal taps, all sorts of tests, and found out that I didn't have meningitis, nothing too terrible, but a pretty bad bacterial infection that needed to be treated. And 
with regard to the Timmy essay and a lot of my my motivation for medicine, it it's given me a chance to look back and think about what would have happened had I been born somewhere else where, I, I mean, anything from if they didn't have an ER, if they didn't have a, a helicopter or antibiotics right there uh, on demand, what my life would be like or if I would be alive. And so it's it's been a motivation, not necessarily that it's the only way to uh, appreciate life or make people's lives better, but I've I've come to gather through a lot of work and a lot of exposure to medicine that it's it's a wonderful thing and you can change lives, you can save lives and above all you can improve lives for for anyone and for me it's it's been great. I want to devote my life to being able to do things like that to help others. But more than anything, as an individual, I, I've just come to realize through I mean the first couple of days of my life that it's a very delicate balance that we're living on and so I hope to kind of keep things in balance for the rest of my life. What was your specific role that you played in the community in which you worked in, in Ecuador during your trip with Timmy? Oh, it's a great question. I've, I've had a couple a couple weeks to think about it. And the main main roles sort of go across the whole gambit of really, I would say, health in the community. And I did everything from working at the most micro level with individual patients as a translator. And so I would go in and serve as the liaison between uh, a physician that Timmy contracted or that volunteered to come down there and work with Timmy and the patients that would come in every day. And so that um, usually meant working, I mean, the whole eight-hour days, going back and forth between English and Spanish and trying not to butcher either language too much and by the end of the day you kind of just exhausted and on other days I would do anything from taking histories of patients or do a number of triage like they call it triage which is basically taking blood pressure height weight things like that and providing Timmy with their normal clinical brigade duties and so the way they they run things is they basically set up shop in a in a school a converted community center things like that and they run patients through from history to seeing a physician, and my job for the majority of my time in Quito there was to work as a translator and sort of organize the flow of patients. Um, one of the more particularly memorable parts of the experience, though, was for a week or so, it was about eight days, when the normal brigade leader for the Tana site, which is located in the Amazon of Ecuador, had to go on vacation. He was visiting his parents and myself and a couple other people who normally run the Timmy Brigades in Quito were put in charge of the brigade leading there in the Amazon. So I was able to do some of the more macro level things in terms of working with the community leaders, working with those that are in charge of getting Quechua translators and making sure the doctors are happy, the student volunteers are happy, and really doing a little more of the the grand scheme of things, and so I, I got to see the the whole the whole picture from things as small as translating and working with individual patients to ensuring that all hundred or so patients that we saw a day were there over the the entire take a trip with Timmy experience, which was really it was a great time. And your most recent trip notwithstanding, you've really accumulated a wealth of previous experience at this point in your life, studying and traveling to underserved Spanish-speaking communities. Despite those experiences, though, what was one thing about your most recent trip to Ecuador that really surprised you or 
maybe gave you pause for reflection. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I've had actually um, a bit of time to reflect on it now and had a number of things that stand out. One of the the main thing that I can't get out of my head was a, a couple of house visits that we did. And so just by nature, being able to do a house visit and see a patient and be welcomed into their home is one of the most, it's not to sound cheesy, but it's a really intimate time in medicine. And it reminds me of what medicine must have been like 100 years ago or 50 years ago when you were the town physician and you go and you visit your patients on a very personal level. And there were a few patients that we saw particularly that really gave me a, a lot to think about. And the first of, first of those patients, not to delve too much into the details, was uh, a 23-year-old. And for me, that was, was very interesting to see because like my Take a Trip with Timmy essay talking about like where I would be today, this person is my age and to go into their house and see where I could have been had I been born in the Amazon of Ecuador was a very interesting experience. And we went with myself as a translator, an emergency doctor, and a few student shadows to deal with a patient that to this day we don't really know exactly what he had, but he was dealing with complete amnesia of his last five, six years of life. And so he lived day to day with little recollection of those who were around him and those that he could rely on and was actually living in a house of complete desconocidos, like people that he didn't know in the situation. And so for me to go and translate for this patient and sort of interact with him and the physician and see how different my life could have been or could be and see these really unaddressed needs. I mean, whether, I mean, the main things that we saw is that he either had some sort of cerebral malaria type of thing or was going through psychological issues like potential schizophrenia. We don't know, and the follow-up treatment will hopefully sort of team out some of those um, gray areas. But he was the patient to me that really stands out for someone who still has so much to live for and still has so much that he's he's going to see in his life, and hopefully he can do that and receive the treatment that he needs. And on that same vein, there was another house visit that we went on that was a 95-year-old man who had just deplorable blood pressure issues. And so he had really high blood pressure that would go, it'd swing back and forth depending on whether his family had enough money to receive any sort of antihypertensive medicines, anything that could bring down his blood pressure. And he was 95 years old and surrounded by all of those that cared about him. And so he had his children and his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren all living in the same house. And to see someone that was literally on his deathbed, but such a testament to love and family, just one of the motivating factors on why I'm involved in health and global health and really health on any scale in, in terms of allowing it to extend life and let, it, let us embrace life for what it is. We don't know when it's going to be taken away, but while we have it, we we love it and to thrive and have an opportunity like that and see these patients in their homes in their environments was really um it's permanently shaped my views what other advice can you offer to those who aspire to follow in your footsteps through the medical school application process international public health and taking trips with timmy well thanks first of all for all the luck and the support uh i i think it, it really is a matter of at least for those that are in the application process, people that are looking at the long road of medicine, 
compared to some of the more, I mean, four-year tracks or some just one or two years of postgraduate education, that one of the things that has gotten me through it, and it's a lot easier said than done, is being extremely optimistic and realizing that, I mean, one of my favorite quotes, I think I learned it back in high school from some English teacher was that, you know, nothing is good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. And I think at times I've had the personal experience with thinking about things in a bad light, but when you realize how powerful an optimistic thought can be and an optimistic perspective can be on shaping your life and realizing that, you know, each obstacle you encounter isn't necessarily, it doesn't happen solely because of what you brought to the table. There are things that happen outside of our control. There are things that you've just got to learn from. And I think especially in the application process when you're looking at, I mean, the application in itself, interviews, going to um, make some of the largest life-changing decisions of your life, you've got to be optimistic. You've got to take it in stride and don't let anything keep you down. Drew, thank you for joining us on Radio Rounds today. Thank you, John. You're listening to Radio Rounds, and again, that was our guest for today, first-year medical student Drew White. We really appreciate him coming on to the show, uh, speaking with John Corker and sharing those experiences. For more information about the Take a Trip with Timmy contest, please visit their website at www.takeatripwithtimmy.com. The deadline for early submission is midnight on December 10th. Ten finalists will be chosen in late December and asked to submit videos of their personal stories before finalists will be chosen in late January of 2013. Now, we mentioned this in part one as well, but of course, if you're listening to this episode after January 2013, since we do publish the show as a podcast as well, that doesn't mean that there isn't another exciting contest going on with Timmy Global Health. Visit their website. Again, it's takeatripwithtimmy.com to find out how you can get involved with that organization. In the meantime, visit our website to listen to part three of this series featuring Junzi Shi, another one of last year's winners of this contest who is anxiously anticipating the start of her trip with Timmy. She will share stories of global health inspiration and her work with life-saving water projects. Now, in addition to this three-part series, you can also find a complete listing of all of our past episodes for download and much, much more on RadioRounds.org, which is our website. In the meantime, you can also contact our team at Radio Rounds via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All that information, again, on RadioRounds.org, where you can listen to all of our past episodes on demand. And those podcasts are also available as free downloads on iTunes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds. Thanks as well to our entire Radio Rounds team, and of course, our partners as well. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. Sponsored by the American Medical Association. Providing group disability and life insurance to students and residents through participating educational institutions. Visit us at medplusadvantage.com. In addition, Radio Rounds is proudly partnered with the Student Doctor Network, online at studentdoctor.net. Applying to medical school? Learn about life at your choice of medical schools and programs from current and former students. Check out the SDN Medical School Feedback Database at studentdoctor.net. And join us next time on Radio Rounds again. Uh, This is a three-part series focusing on the organization Timmy Global Health. Uh, You can find out all about these episodes and others on radiorounds.org. Until next time, for Radio Rounds, I'm Avash Kalra, bringing you today's stories from tomorrow's doctors.